Welcome to another edition of Hit The Lights Plus. Today we are talking about the year 2070 and what is the future going to look like, not only for humankind, but for our, the uh, electrical industry as well. As usual, I've got Pete with me, who's wearing a fairly futuristic watch, not that you can see it. It's a fat bit, mate. It's a what? It's a fat bit. Fitbit. It's, uh, you know, track all my fitness activities I get up to, check my heart rate, because I'm always running around, it's always above 600, <laughs> double busy and all that. <laughs> and that's a perfect segue into technology. Um, so, yeah, today's episode, we're going to be looking at the year 2070, so 50 years in advance. Where do we think we'll be and where do we think the industry will be? I think some of the obvious statements I'm sure we'll cover and then we might throw a few more wild ones out there as to where we think it's going to go. Pete, where do you think as a starting point we're going to we're going to go for the year 2070? Well, I know we were going to take this quite seriously, but just as you started talking then, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to be 78 then, which I know you'll be considerably older, but you know you get the mobility scooters. Yeah. Hover scooters. <laughs> Martin McFly on a, on be a me. as a pensioner. Self doing up laces, me old Nikes on my hover scooter. I'll be the coolest old guy around. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue that into that's a type of vehicle. What about electric vehicles? By then we should pretty much be completely electric vehicles, do we not think? Well, this is one of them. It is a school for two thoughts because are electric vehicles here to stay or are they just a stopgap until hydrogen can take the uh, take the lead? I've heard about hydrogen um, being thrown about as a potential fuel source, but I didn't think it was potentially viable um, with known science at this point in time. At this point in time, but we're talking another 50 years. I think the hardest thing they were having was storage, how to actually have hydrogen stations. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume in the similar way, like with services, the way it's going to go is we're going to get ever, ever increasing rapid charging and potentially, you, you know, five minutes in a petrol station or what we call a petrol station, a charging station now will, will be feasible to get your car back up and running and have another couple of hundred, hundred miles of juice in it. Yeah, that's interesting in itself, isn't it? No more petrol stations, no more gas stations. We are going to a charging station. Sounds like somebody to take your phone, but... um. Yeah, I think they're going. It's going to become hugely, hugely popular. Um, be interesting to see how the grid deals with that. Will we be getting any more power stations in the UK, or are we going to go more green? Will we have fields full of wind turbines and solar panels and farm, you know, solar farms? Yeah, I I, I can't help but think we're going to end up going to a, like an induction-based car charging well they do have that didn't they the wpt the wireless power transfer where you can like you say park your car over a pad and it mm -hmm. charges similar to i don't know if you've been to a, a mcdonald's recently but um <laughs> no, they've got these little pads you can put your phone on and it charges your phone all right yeah no i've got a, i've got one from my, my iphone at home um oh, oh you would i've still got the old you've got to plug it in the wall Oh, all right, no, yeah, I just literally throw it at the bedside table and it charges. It's it's great. Um, <laughs> so one one of the other things is obviously how, like you mentioned about how the grid is going to cope with that. So you know, looking at things like wind, 
C potentially. I don't think we've really harnessed C energy um, yet, or you could say it's uh, lunar energy, if you like. Yeah, and I watched something the other day about um, these smart motorways that you can actually charge your car as you drive around the motorway. Mm. So that would be interesting to see if that ever comes to play. But, you know, all the traffic jams on the M25, at least you'll be getting some benefit, but your car will be getting some juice. So all you're doing is topping up all the time, which is better for the battery anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose it's just how the... That is that would be a massive strain on the grid for all cars that are on the road to be charging at one time, any one time. Yeah, but not in 2070. With our new energy systems we found when the aliens have landed and they've given us a new fusion for unlimited yeah. power. All right, anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, 5G, as I mentioned before, um, obviously there's a lot of uh, issues with it being linked to coronavirus at the minute, but... Um, 5G is, is up and coming. Um, there was an example recently in China, a couple of hundred miles away from the patient actually performing a surgery using robots that was proven to be successful. Obviously not a serious surgery. I believe it was a minor surgery. A doctor in China performed a surgery using, what, the 5G bandwidth? Yeah. Cool. Imagine if he sneezed. <laughs> I mean, that's probably a risk for a normal doctor anyway, I wouldn't have thought. But yeah, no, apparently it was done in, in real time. And obviously the, the speed of the, you know, the upload of the machinery and the data information exchange was um, in oh, time. So that's impressive. Was, what, no lag at all or a very small lag, I'd assume? Incredibly small lag, yeah. Incredibly small. And he was basically wearing the full, um, you know, like the kind of what we wear for the movies now to animate your body and, and control. Just trying um, to think of the cost effectiveness of that. Would it not be cheaper to fly him out? Yeah, but obviously tech, technology will become cheaper. I think they were proving that you can do it is the first step, isn't yeah. it? Always with anything. And then it's um, making it more efficient and cheaper. So from what you're saying is I could get myself a robot and I could stay at home, but I could go wire up your house from my house. <laughs> if you like. <laughs> well, this is the thing, and you made a, point, a good point there. How much of our homes is really going to have wires in it? Everything. Well, are you saying like the Tesla Powerwall and stuff like that? Well, yeah, just just generically, like, you know, light switches are kinetic ones now. Um, you don't necessarily need to have hard wires everywhere. No, it seems to be that the higher current using equipment, so the control wiring is wire-free. So you're perhaps in a house that would have all the switches would be wireless, but the socket outlets and your ovens and your sort of your current using equipment would be. And um, that obviously leads on to boilers as well. I think it was, um, is it 2025? Now pushed back to around, is it 2030 that no gas will be installed in new build properties? Yeah. So obviously electricity would then be expected to take up that support. Yeah, no, definitely. Um and, you know, it's, it's an aspect of, you know, smart homes and, and stuff like that. You know, the, there's not really a great amount of training out there, particularly even in the colleges. We're still we're still at the fundamentals of of electrical installation and science, aren't we? Really, considering that the real world has moved on very rapidly. Yeah, I mean, I can sort of come to a conclusion early on but the way i see it is that we've got all the solar stuff we've got your car charges we've got battery storage as well that's 
coming in and it would it's only going to become more and more domesticated so i think we're going to have a large um self-efficiency side of it which will supplement the grid but um we're going to have to be super engineers because you're going to have to balance all the stuff and install it correctly i mean battery storage is like having a bomb all the pv stuff so you've got all the dc effects coming into the ac so the rcds are going to get ridiculous then we've got all the afdds the spds and then that's without going on to is it the schneider is it their um they've got the boards now which monitor themselves don't they the power tags mm. so they email you bits and bobs it's going to become a system isn't it well, that, well that's it yeah um it was something I was gonna gonna bring up. Obviously, yeah, you're right. Schneider have got that, but intelligent DBs and self-monitoring, um, you know, for load usage. Um, you know, obviously we've got the things like um, Zappy and all those sorts of other things that can monitor loads in your house and distribute us when needed. You've got your garage boards and, and all that sort of stuff as well um, to switch over your load usage. It's just the, ha- the houses are really becoming smart with the distribution, not just the technology in them. Yeah, and I feel that even now we're panicking about the space for a consumer unit, but it was the same. Let's look at GU10 LEDs. They used to be quite deep, and now they're normal size lamps, aren't they? But yeah. my point is, I think we will expand in size and then we will contract as the technology improves. So instead of the need for a separate Garrow transformer with current tra- Garrow board with current transformers and energy, um, sorry, voltage sensing relays and all the rest of it, that eventually will go into a smaller unit. And I even believe, like the open pen technology, why not put that in a main switch? Protect mm. the whole installation. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about like our mobile phones, it wasn't long ago that, you know, it was 32 gig was the maximum you could get in an iPhone. And now, you know, you've got like 220 um, you can get on your iPhones. Why, why can't some of that, you know, uh, memory and storage go into a distribution board if it's, if it's you know, well, exactly. it's like the couple of inches. The PlayStation memory cards, they were eight meg, weren't they? Yeah. And they were, you know, everyone should know how big one of them was. But the other day I bought a 16 gigabyte memory card and it's, like a thumbnail it's like a sim card yeah it's, it's, it's insane isn't it, really um you know I've, I've seen other things as well as uh, technology obviously coming into europe you're a man who wears glasses you know the development of te- technology and glasses i think will uh, definitely change in that you know you can walk around you can potentially see their social media presence and stuff like that one of the other things obviously i think it's probably important to mention but not necessarily a key part of our industry is that technology tends to be led by other major advances in civilization um so do you think we'll colonize (laughs) i really tried to ask that question sensibly do you think we'll colonize space or the moon have you been eating some little (laughs) flavored sweets that you shouldn't be but um I mean, it's a funny topic, really, because just yesterday, me and my partner, we were discussing the um, colonisation of Mars. It came up on some sort of programme, a sci-fi film. I can't remember what we were watching. But um, yeah, apparently there's already people on a spaceship on their way over there due to land early 2021. What? Well, just going off what she said. I don't believe it, but all right. 
I'm not going to Google it now. But um, who has sent these people? I don't know. Some of the spaceship. Someone has sent a group of people to Mars. I saw there was a program about, uh, I think some people were doing an experiment um, <coughs> in one of the American deserts where they were pretending to live on Mars for X number of years yeah. and seeing if they could establish themselves in the I, same way. I can't find it in the first three things on Google, but I don't know what she's looking at. Um, anyway, so let's say it is possible and they're over there. Why not? Now you're getting all these super companies, Apple and Amazon and Tesla. I don't see why the funding couldn't be there to um, research further. Well, yeah, it's an interesting development, isn't it? Because obviously technology and stuff has all come off, you know, the likes of NASA um, in the past. I can't remember what you call it, the the the, the, the Large Hadron Collider yeah. um, in Switzerland. It's obviously, it's all government funded. You know, these are government funded projects. But like you say, the initiatives of the likes of Tesla and SpaceX and stuff like that, it's certainly going to be bring an interesting new chapter to the commercialization of technology moving forward. Yeah. So and there's 50 years for that to happen. So you think it was what 50 years ago, more or less, that we landed on the moon. Mm. It's, it's strange, isn't it, that we've never... Um, developed on that or progressed on that you know we landed on the moon several times um we've kind of left it there and we've ended up just then letting uh, satellites and stuff go into space to discover rather than actually pursuing further with human endeavor yeah so you probably think that it's probably a waste of time then plus you'd have to train people up but yeah i think this is one of the things isn't it where these sorts of projects into real massive steps for human civilization, particularly by 2070, it's got to be a joint venture, hasn't it? For countries, it can't be one single entity like America or Russia or who, or China even now. Yeah. Well, it's one of them. I think the idea of sending the technology out there is um, beneficial to us because I see they're even building houses with robots at the minute now. You can get a machine that comes in and does all like a, a 3D concrete build. Yeah. So perhaps we'll be looking at stuff like that. So if they can go out to Mars and build an infrastructure, build a, a house, you know, not a house with a little privet garden <laughs> and all that, but you know, you can imagine a, a colony, shall we say, then um, they could set up an atmosphere for us and then we could go out there and live there. But uh, it, I can't see it happening in the blink of an eye, it's going to take a lot of planning and a lot of funding. Do you think it'll happen by 2070? Uh, not at this rate. We're all obviously trying to kill each other and all else is going on in the world, so no, probably not. Probably maybe 2150. 2150. All right. I'll hold you to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Come and follow me. So one of the big things in our industry, will we see a single register for electricians? by 2070 so are you saying something similar to gas safe yeah so we're assuming every individual electrical contractor singular person is responsible under a number for themselves yes so you're saying that the likes of the current cps's we have will have to lose their control on the industry and either merge or allow a greater entity to take over yes more chance of colonising the moon. 
<laughs> you really built that one up, didn't you? You really built that one up. It just felt good. I went with it. Yeah. All right. Uh, give me a bit of reasoning. Why? Why is it not possible over 50 years? I think it's all down to the pound, isn't it? It's commercial enterprise. Do you think the the, the industry will only become more co- commercialised? Yeah. Definitely. The tr- there'll be a lot more training because of the new technology we're going to have a lot more training therefore there's going to be a lot more to capitalise on therefore they can only become a stronger entity in themselves so where do you see the uh, the day-to-day electrician going where, what will the electrician of the future look like I don't think you'll have an electrician as such even now you're starting to see the split you've got you know let's say you've got fire alarm engineers you've got security alarm specialists you've got people that wire houses you've got people that do inspect and test already we're seeing a segregation in the industry there is no one electrician that does it all and i think that'll just split more and more and more so you'll have a um let's not call it a smart home installer but you'll have like a networking tech that once someone's installed everything you'll have someone come in and he'll set it all up to the client's demands you'll have a laptop a nice shirt on and you'll pay him about £3,000 an hour, and he'll just do all the pretty work after we've all slugged our guts off to try and get it all working for him. But, um, yeah, just a greater divide in the industry, more segregation, more jobs, really, because people need jobs as well. Yeah, I think you could be right there in terms of job creation, and potentially then that might see the qualifications that people get divided even further, um, you know, and shorter and quicker. You know, if you're going to be a commercial electrician or if you're going to potentially be a security, you can go on specific courses potentially that might be one year instead of three because you've got less scope to learn. But this is where we have the issues. I mean, in an ideal world, let's say everyone suddenly gets common sense overnight by 2050, you'll still need the fundamentals. So I believe personally you should do your three, four year apprenticeship learn your trade, then you specialise, because there's always the fundamentals. Mm. No, I agree, there's always the fundamental principles, but I think the how you use them and implement them is only going to be on a selected number of tasks. If you're defining the tasks for a specific job title. Okay, and then how does the CPS monitor that? It's the same issue we've got at the minute with the DI and the ACs and the, you know, similar branding yeah no I, I can't I can't really answer that one um, which is why I I personally would still like to see a single register and I think I don't see why it isn't possible if it was a, a government-led thing no it's just um, probably that they are guided by our leading CPSs and it's not in their financial benefit to make one of those happen so I personally agree with you. I'm up for a CPS. I'm up for more assessments, more rigorous inspections. I'm up for anything you want to throw at me to prove competence as an electrician, because at the end of the day, I'm either ready for it or I'm not. But from a safety point of view and for a quality of installation point of view, it needs to be done. Yeah, no, I quite agree. So 2070. No, no, let me ask you a question. Oh, here we go. Go on, right. it's getting spicy. Yeah. If you could have 
something in 2070, you want a technology to be developed and you can't have colonisation of space. But what <laughs> but what would you have? What would you look forward to seeing in 2070? That's quite a hard one. That's quite a hard one. Are we just talking technology or anything in general? Or Well, I mean, you've gone pretty freestyle anyway, so just whatever you want. Go on. <laughs> um I'm not I'm not sure to be perfectly honest. Well, well because you asked me, I'll tell you. Hover, <laughs> hover scooters. You want hover scooters again, do you? Still, not again. I still want a hover scooter. Imagine I... an army of old people, geriatric army, hover scooters, neons underneath. I can't help but think of Back to the Future, to be perfectly honest. So if I was one really random thing, it would be like healthcare where we can obviously you know, transplants and things like that aren't a problem. Like um, Elysium. Go on. The film. I haven't seen that. Got that actor in it. No. Well, my memory of it is that the the Earth is dying or near on dead, so they've created a space station, which I think is called Elysium, and they've got this, like, machine you lay in a pod it scans you and whatever issues you have, it can nanobot you and you're all right again. All right. Okay. No, uh, yeah, I, all I was thinking about was, yeah, like we're starting to see organs being able to be grown, you know, you know, the transplant list and stuff like that. I think would uh, more health benefits, I think, you know, I think with we're slowly seeing sugar sugary products disappear i think we'll become a healthier society don't damage the earth we've got i think one of the key points i was listening to another podcast i think it was with might have been your favorite neil degrasse tyson oh yeah start and, and the yeah the amount the amount he was saying about the amount of energy it would take to go and colonize mars it would be just easier to sort earth well, so i agree let, with him so let's just Let's just sort of, and I agree with that. Yeah, no, because uh, there's also that um, like recycled waste island that's floating around the Atlantic. Mm. So if we're going to colonise anything, how about we colonise that? Well, we could blow that up. Yeah, let's blow it up. I mean, and it's a good point. The amount of rubbish going into our oceans still is it's pretty incredible isn't it really well i'll tell you what was mental is i went to corfu a couple of years ago and what they do is they ship all their waste as a greek island to athens into landfill mm. but all the landfill was full would you believe so they just leave all the waste on the side the bins hadn't been emptied for about three months and there was just mountains of waste uh it's not it's not good is it i mean going to have to obviously coronavirus has put single-use plastics right back up again um and that's something we're going to have to address i think the electrical industry has to address single-use um equipment and items as well but um that, that those are probably be some some idealistic goals that we won't necessarily meet but hopefully if we've got a more sustainable energy system um with higher connectivity better healthcare. In a plastic-free world, we'll probably be doing a lot better than we are now. Well, that sort of poo-pooed my hover. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was scooter.
yeah all right well i think that's probably it for this one it's been a bit of a, a different one for us no cool all right well thank you for listening and uh catch you on the next one <laughs>